When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to whatever episode this is of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McKeady, and... I say all the time that the episodes feel very special, but this is like, truly, I have been talking about this since the first episode of this podcast. You guys are sick of hearing me talk about it, I'm sure, in passing. So I'm finally doing the damn thing. And I'm so excited for my guest. I am joined by my friend, Zach. Zach, how are you? Good. I am just a fan <laughs> being invited onto the Dunzo podcast. So I know a lot of other Dunzo fans are out there pretty jealous right now. I just snuck my way in. <laughs> I had to tell him I was Brian Spears at first. I slid into the DMs. And said I was Brian Spears. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute, I have questions. <laughs> um, well, no, you did not sneak your way in, sir, because I am. So if you guys listen to my mailbag episode, I actually talked about Zach's YouTube channel and how it is my like truly I'm obsessed. Like now I just let your your vlog uh videos just like autoplay. Okay. So well. it's really just like <laughs> it's insane. But tell people about your YouTube channel. Um well so for YouTube I just do normal vlogs. Um there's nothing special about them, just vlogs of my life. Uh Uh, But I I do have a podcast with my buddy Ian. We cover horror movies. And next week, actually, so when is this episode going out? Is this tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. So next week, next Wednesday, Troy is going to be coming on our horror podcast, My Bloody Judy, and he's going to be covering Halloween 5 with me. And so that was really fun. Uh, Halloween 5 is not a movie that we needed to talk more than 40 minutes about, but we talked like an hour and a half about it. (laughs) So I'm really excited to put that one out there. And uh yeah, My Bloody Judy, go check that out if you can. Yeah, My Bloody Judy is great. It's spooky season. October is going to be here very, very soon. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, I'm going to have you back on here to do a horror podcast or a horror movie with me. Um, but what you guys may or may not know about Zach is that he is a hardcore Britney stan. Yes. Like, yes. And I can truly say that. Like, I really, from the bottom of my heart, I know that you are a true stan. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was just something about like, I don't know, something about the internet in 2020 or 2021, right? Is that uh, we have like community being built, you know? I I remember growing up, so I was a younger Britney fan, right? Like maybe one more time probably came out when I was, oh my goodness. Um, when was that, 98? So I was like four or five years old. Okay. Um, so I grew up and Britney could like do no wrong in my eyes. I never saw anything wrong with her. I didn't see any of the dark stuff until I got older. Um, but growing up, I always noticed that all my friends like hated Britney Spears and nobody ever wanted to talk about Britney Spears and stuff like that. And so now we have podcasts like the wonderful Dunzo where, you know, it feels like community here. And like, 
I've, I've like found my people. So I'm like so stoked to be here to talk about Britney Spears. Um, I did, there, there's nowhere else I could have, I could have come to talk about Britney Spears. Like, I guess I could have rambled about her for an hour on my YouTube channel. People, would, <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> no, Zach, Zach and I DM about Britney basically all day and all night. And he has truly proven himself to be a true, true stan. Um, and I have to ask you, like, so we're talking today. I haven't even said it. We are talking today about the documentary Stages. Stages. And I've talked about, oh my God, every time somebody asks like, what Britney documentaries do you recommend? Which ones, like, where do I find them? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look no further than Stages mm. on YouTube because I can almost guarantee you've never seen it. Yes. I love, okay, so I used to have this, this I, I, I had the DVD and it's all like all scratched up now. So I cannot watch it. I have to watch it on YouTube, but I used to like play it in the background while I would play the Sims. And I would like give my Sims, like I would like send my Sims out on, on tour based oh on this, God, this, this DVD. So I would create <laughs> hotels and like different venues that I would just shift my little Sims around to. Um, and I was like, I was fucking obsessed with this documentary. This is, I've probably watched this more than I've watched for the record. Um, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, I would venture to say that this is the best Britney documentary. Um, I, I would say for the record is a real close. Oh, I guess it's like, it would be different reasons, I guess, what you're looking for. But yeah. um, this to me is just like the holy trinity. This is like, nothing can, nothing beats this. This is the yeah. most candid look into Britney's life. I think, you know, even for the record, um, you know, that was released on like a major scale. Mm -hmm. Like it was huge. It was released on MTV. It was like the most watched thing on MTV at the time. It like broke a record. This is so candid that yeah. her team basically tried to bury it. Yes. So for the record, it's very like glossy, right? It's like a glossy, like billboard type of, type of documentary. And that's the one that people always talk about when they like bring her up or like make a little YouTube video about her or something like that. Like hardly every, anybody ever talks about stages. Mm -hmm. And you sent me a an article like, <laughs> like an hour before we started recording. <laughs> right. um, it's like, a, was it a Vanity Fair article? Yep. Okay. Yeah. All about kind of like the behind the scenes of the behind the scenes yeah um and i had no idea like some of this stuff and it makes so much sense because when we say that like for the record is this glossy like really i mean it's up to everybody's interpretation but like well-made documentary like um for or stages it's like kind of a hodgepodge documentary that feels unfinished mm -hmm. like there's a lot of like fade-ins fade-outs and like random endings to scenes and it like makes so much sense now after reading this this little article that you sent me. Yeah, so Stages was directed by a woman named Judy Hoffman, and she brought in a man that you guys may have heard of named Albert Mazels, oh. who was the cinematographer for Grey Gardens. Yeah, he was like the co-director for Grey Gardens. That he was it was him and his friend like sitting out at the at the at the Beals house, right? <laughs> fucking Grey Gardens, <laughs> listening to their hollering and hooting all day. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, when you told me that, I was in the middle of watching it, and I could fucking see him like during their prayer circle and stuff like that. This yeah. old man with a camera up in Britney's face. Yes, <laughs> it's crazy. And like Zach said, it gives you this like it gives this, it makes everything basically makes sense. It's like, oh, like I completely understand why this feels like we're, we're dropped in 
on this situation and you're just sort of trying to like figure out what's going on because it, there's no narration there's no talking heads there's no commentary it's just Britney's life as it is with a camera on it's exactly like Grey Gardens and you end up falling in love with this this like world that you're in because it's so authentic and so real like if you really are like just hanging out with Britney Spears in the most authentic way I think that we've ever seen on camera yeah absolutely and 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 it's it's interesting reading this article as well like what well, do you have anywhere to like link it or to, i don't even know it's vanity fair i don't remember who, who wrote it but um so the article basically they, they're they talk to the director of it and they she says that they gave her like low six figures to like produce this thing she could pick whoever was in it and she had it like structured in her head right like she had a plan for this um even when you watch some of like the outtakes and the bonus material like she has interviews with people she this was going to be a structured sort of product mm-hmm. um that her team was kind of pushing at the beginning uh, they didn't tell jive music about it but like <laughs> they were pushing yeah. it um and then as she got into it and she was realizing she had like no one-on-one time with spears uh she was you know they were just trying to like capture everything a lot of times they were just filming random hallways and it ended up being this sort of like isn't it weird that every single thing we look at that involves britney spears from the past is like somehow prophetic for the future like how crazy man everything everything you took the words right out of my mouth i mean truly it's like every single moment of this feels like some sort of and it's it's wild to listen to her talk about her future mm. i mean i'm gonna i don't this always makes me cry like when i watch this documentary i always end up crying uh especially now it just makes me really sad because she's so she's just so vulnerable and like sweet yeah. that it's like it's like makes you almost kind of nervous Mm-hmm. because any person looking at this I mean this this documentary is very and like even in the, the Vanity Fair article they describe it as like very melancholy um you know Albert like film like you know while they had downtime he would go film all of this sort of like silent um mm-hmm. dimly lit footage of just like the towns that they were in or the hallways or the hotels and it really highlights just like how isolated and lonely and and kind of sad she is without knowing that she's sad you know and this is like so we're gonna debate the the tokyo footage later we're not sure where that where where that fits in but but like yeah this is three days in mexico and so this was the end of the dream within a dream tour Mm -hmm. um and by this point she'd kind of been kicked in the teeth by like everybody like she was ready and she talks about this six month break that she's going to be going on right after this tour throughout the entire documentary she is so excited about a six month break taking a break and i think she even thinks like in her mind, it's almost like she thinks she's going to be able to escape fame for a little bit and go and mm-hmm. be normal. And she just doesn't even know she's not going to be able to. Like, yeah. by this time, you can even see it. Like, she's upbeat and she's that Britney who smiles and, like, makes you feel warm inside. But she, there's a sadness. There's, and there's like a, there's a, just, she's ready to go home. She's ready to yeah. go home to, to her mom, who she loves so much. Like, she loved her mom and her sister so yeah. much. And, yeah. like, and mom makes her cry in this and it just makes me feel so bad um and i don't want to like make this whole thing like no i uh, know the, the tragedy of britney no Spears. i know i know because there's some great yeah, stuff here there is like fantastic stuff yeah some really happy just... fan stuff like stuff mm-hmm. that's just like you know ridiculous um but yeah so like zach said this is 
the whole this whole documentary revolves around Britney's dream within a dream tour and you know at this particular moment in her career she literally couldn't be more famous she is the most famous person in the entire globe you have to think like if you put yourself in the perspective of like what was going on in the world during this time this is crossroads britney this is pepsi yeah. britney this is justin and, and britney at the vmas britney this is snake vma performance britney like this is britney incorporated as like a really well-oiled machine making just billions of dollars and she's untouchable at yeah, this moment absolutely and like even like i think i think they entered with like the perfect scene for this documentary of the yes. press conference because you look i was looking at the whole background and it's just pepsi crossroads britney mm -hmm. the album like they were fucking pushing this girl at the end of a tour when they know they're about to go on break they're still like you know, she yeah. and, and it's hard to explain to people who like didn't really grow up with it or like, you know, this this like new generation and all that, like there will never be another person as famous as Britney Spears was at that time. Like right. that was like really the end of it because you had, you know, Michael Jackson was huge at one point. Britney Spears was huge at one point, but it will never be the same. Um, she was famous at a, at a really crucial turning point at with like any sort of social media or like internet mm -hmm. um and, and blogs and all of that and that will just there will never be a person as famous as that ever again no yeah you can't you can't be that kind of famous anymore like fame is so different now mm -hmm. and even right now the most famous people in the world aren't even a quarter of you know mm -hmm. they're not talked about nearly as much as she was yeah you know i, I mean just like truly world dominating where it's like you know I've talked about like the trickle down effect of not even just her herself being out there but like the effects of her the fact that the music industry was like all these clones of her and everybody mm -hmm. dressed like her and everybody's music had a tinge of her in it like she was her imprint was just fucking everywhere and even if they didn't even if they were not like you know one of those one of the Britney Spears clones they still their career kind of hinged on some sort of Britney commentary where you were the anti-Britney mm -hmm. or like she was freaking everywhere yeah yeah you yeah you could have a whole career being like I'm not Britney and then people would be like yeah like every pink put her in a damn song like oh my god anytime I hear that line in the pink song that's the line, line I sing the loudest I and it used to piss me off so much when I was in like middle school because I didn't know how to interpret it. I was like, she's oh, being yeah. a fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So you mentioned the, the opening scene and I do love that scene of the movie because we're dropped right into. So the really interesting, interesting thing about stages versus I think every other Britney documentary is that they follow her in this way where you get to watch her become Britney mm -hmm. and be Britney Spears on stage, answering questions and doing all the things. And then you get to see her off stage immediately after, like coming down from being Britney and just being normal. So you yeah. really get to see those two people. And how wild, right? Like they didn't even get an interview. I mean, they so they got an interview after all of this, but they they couldn't put it in the documentary because they were trying to get the documentary out before christmas right but yeah. during this they didn't even have an interview they just had 
access to these like candid moments where she is not Britney yet going into Britney, right? Mm-hmm. Because Britney is is this whole other other thing. She even talks about that now, where like she goes on stage and she has to become Britney Spears, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just wild that they even got this sort of access. Uh, it's in I don't know, and it's like at such a specific point that. Like, imagine the people who would have killed to be in the room with her at that point, right? And doing this. The people who would, like, they got paid low six figures to to do a documentary on Britney Spears. And imagine all of the people who, like, would have taken, like, I don't know, $10,000 to do this damn thing. Oh, God, yeah. 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 Yeah, they, they, they just captured, like, these moments that, like, live in the front of my brain for the rest of my life. And at the very start of the movie, it opens with her doing this press conference for Pepsi. Well, it's a sort of Pepsi crossroads sponsored. Like Zach said, it's just very, I mean, it's SponCon. Like it's yeah. like just merchandise everywhere. Her face is everywhere. Her music's playing. You know, there's 90 million press people there. I'm and- surprised they didn't have like one of them guns shooting out like crossroads t-shirts. Like, <laughs> oh, <for sure. laughs> no, like literally it was like mega church levels like production and um you know she's being asked all these questions and you know you really get a sense of just how there's this feeling that surrounded her at this time of like who can get Britney like who can get her who can make her cry who can get her to break because the public had an idea that Britney was pretending to be this other person Mm -hmm. and it was almost like the media wanted to punish her for doing it and get her to break on camera so we could see the real non-virgin Britney um and she's like you know talking to these press people and they're asking the most disrespectful questions and she never has anybody up there when she's doing these press conferences to say that's off limits it's always her alone Mm -hmm. so one of my first pieces of britney gossip that i ever heard of was like i was like super obsessed with the breakup between her and justin timberlake right Mm -hmm. um now that's like at the the lowest of like my priorities when i'm looking at anything (laughs) right i was like for a while i was really obsessed with that a long time ago and i remember reading something that said when when um britney and justin broke up she became really angry and Mm -hmm. I see that throughout this whole thing. Like she's happy and she's there and she's present and doing what she's got to do, but she's like fucking over it. She's tired. She's over this. She's tired of being Barbie. Like she's and doing press conferences like this. She's really just like, just like, okay, well, counting the minutes. This is something I'm contractually obligated to do. They're putting me on stage, but I'm going to get over it. Like you just hurry up because, and, and like, imagine like these no wonder she doesn't like to do interviews right it's because they ask her shit like this and this is always this is not any like the most explosive press conference she's ever had it's probably one of the like tamest most likely um but they're asking her you know stand up and turn around and like uh how much her house cost and it's just you don't do that yeah and she knows that she's being disrespected but it's like you know she also at the same time has to still be britney Mm -hmm. so she can be a little a little snappy back but like not too snappy because god forbid you know it would just escalate the situation and make it worse so she's like you know politely 
trying to answer these inappropriate fucking questions like you said the guy <laughs> tells her to stand up and turn around he's like let's see the back of your outfit it's like uh, you can you can see when i leave you can see it when oh, I, leave. I loved it i love <laughs> when they're talking about that in the dressing room later too she gets to these little moments where she's able to like do that and mm-hmm. you know the manager's probably in the back thinking oh Brittany, oh yeah. Brittany, i can't believe you're so crazy Brittany. um and it's it's just so there was a lot of control over we already know that there was a lot of control over at this time but like um so in this article that uh, we've been talking about mm-hmm. i would highly recommend reading this article before you oh, watch this sure. as well if you have not seen this documentary it puts it in a whole new light um they said so the the director of the documentary basically had to like appeal to the record label like right before they started shooting and so um they said the record label eventually agreed to the documentary, but with several uh, concessions. We couldn't show her smoking or drinking. Um, I have to get the Marlboros off the table, and it wasn't the only brand that they had to block off from frame. Any beverages, including water bottles that were considered competitors of Pepsi, for whom Spears was a spokesperson at the time, had to be removed, along with uh, the non-Pepsi vending machines in the hotel. Like, what? Um, where she was staying, uh, even Spears' cell phone had to be erased from scenes because it contradicted uh, one of her sponsorship deals. Like, she... The amount of like just everything on her shoulders right now right is like like she is i'm surprised they didn't tattoo all of these damn brands all over her all over her body because they she was the barbie doll for all of these different things and making all of this money for so many different people and and you see it here you know yeah judy hoffman says um that you know they they very quickly realized when they got there that she's basically owned Mm. You know, she's a, she's a person who's owned by her label and she has no, you know, she's no control over her life at all. I mean, she, this movie truly consists of her being like shuttled around, Mm -hmm. taken from room to room, sat down in interviews, not really knowing what the hell's going on ever, but just being pleasant and respectful and polite and kind and just doing anything they tell her to do never yeah. saying no never needing to like compromise just always doing it like yeah. the whole movie she's just going and going and going and going it's fucking nuts yeah and i notice how much how like low energy she has for all of this now because you can keep in mind like she says later in the documentary that she's been working since she was like eight but she's been really recording since she was like you know for the past four years so four mm-hmm. years of this back to back to back to back to back everything engagement sponsorship brands you you, you, you get a moment off you got to go i don't know do an interview or a photo shoot or a radio interview like all of this stuff she never had any sort of moment and i would have found really crazy especially during this press conference is that somebody asked her a 20 year old they 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 were treating her like she had a 20 year career already like what do you want to do that you haven't done yet yeah like like how wild to ask somebody like like is anybody who, who's a, a famous 20 year old right now do we know <laughs> god I, i'm the worst person to ask if they if yeah. not if they weren't famous 20 years ago yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, I agree with you. But like, nobody's asking these young 20, 21 year olds, like, yeah, you know, what they haven't done that they would like to do next, right? It's like, because obviously they have so much to do still. And you think about the career she had at just 20 years old, wild, insane. Insane. She was just 19. Mm-hmm. Was she and, 19 in this? Well, she was 19, what, a year prior. And they're like, okay what do you want to accomplish that you have? And it's fucking nuts. Yeah. Like she mm. just got done being a teenager. Yeah. It's crazy. She's like, I think I'm done now. I'm going to, you know. <laughs> yeah. She's like, uh, 
I'd like to be able to walk into a store would be cool. Uh, <laughs> shopping it's, by myself would be cool. Oh my god, they just treat her like like she's on the brink of retirement. And and, and you know what was funny about that Ronan Farrow interview or that his whole like article too is that they touched on this as well as like they had her working so much and so they could squeeze every la- last bit of like glitter out of her, right? Every mm-hmm. last bit of like like every penny, everything because they mm-hmm. didn't think she was even going to go this long. Like they, those people did not see a 40 year old Britney Spears still Britney Spears. Yeah. Like imagine that. Yeah. There's an interesting element to her career that's always felt like just throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what works. Yeah. And it just kept working for so long. Mm -hmm. And you can tell there's just so much mismanagement, like you said, because you can tell that none of them had any idea that this would be long term. They were just sort of trying, like you said, trying to squeeze out as much as they could. Um, I wrote down another interesting quote from that interview uh, or the Vanity Fair article that says, by the time the filmmaker was finally granted access, she realized Spears' schedule was packed with media engagements that left little time for a one-on-one interview. But it wasn't just scheduling that prevented her from firing questions at the subject. After witnessing the intense pressure Spears had to navigate on a daily basis from cringeworthy press uh, conferences and screaming fans to paparazzi so aggressive that according to Forney she employed a body double to mislead them whenever she left the hotel Hoffman began to question her own complicity complicity in the media machine Spears was an easy target for a lot of people Hoffman says because they saw her as white trash working class southern and she said uh and the way I looked at her or the way that I looked at her it was the way she well sorry it was <laughs> I got tripped up on the same one. I was totally in love with Like, wow. <laughs> and the way that I looked at her, it was that she was made into a commodity fetish. Yes. Um, I love that. And she said, You just felt her loneliness and sadness, and it was hard to talk to her. Hoffman said, I just wanted to leave her alone. I felt so sad. I didn't want her to, I would, I didn't want to be another press person torturing her. I just didn't want it to be like, I didn't want to be like the people I saw. Uh, that she had encountered all the time and that made me really sad i feel that too i feel it you know because when you watch it there's this sense of the director almost wanting to keep a distance from her yes was not to be like uh, because you imagine again she's at the end of this tour she's at the end of this long four-year run sprint this long sprint yeah she's finally going to get a break she doesn't want a camera in her face she doesn't want all of this um i wonder if they were kind of like her team was kind of pushing this to her as like this could be your uh truth or dare this could be your madonna Mm -hmm. documentary right like Mm -hmm. what were they telling her because they weren't getting any of that she was very like couldn't care less about the documentary being made in front of her yeah which made it great like it's like that ended up being the thing that made it so good because she didn't care that it was happening yeah. Like she just was existing. And this is, I mean, I've said it for years. This is Britney's truth or dare. Like yeah. this is so incredible. And it makes me so sad that so, like more people don't know about it. I know that post free Britney, um, more people are talking about it. It gets mm-hmm. more traction on YouTube. I think they're doing like screenings of it, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. But another thing that I thought was really interesting was like, okay, so this, one of the things that I've always found really interesting about her career and about her as like a a young person in this like weird scenario is that the most normal thing about her life, according to her, is always her relationship with like her team and her dancers. Like she, whenever 
you know, she's on like Regis and Kelly or whatever. And they would ask her like, do you ever get to be normal? Do you ever get to do normal things that a 19 year old would want to do? And she always says like, oh, I get to be with my dancers. We get to take time off. And like, when we're not doing a show, we get to like shop and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you really get an I you know, a sense of that in this, like her world is her team. Like these people are her entire existence. They're her only, they're like the closest she's ever had to like comrades, like school friends or like, you know what I mean? And when you don't really get personal time, you can't make other relationships, right? Like she is not somebody who's ever gone, gotten to like go out and make her own friends or like she's always been introduced yeah. by somebody or like you know this these people are on my team so i'm like friends with them and you know i mean and it makes sense because on the road right your, yeah. your dancers are going to be your friends and like they seem like really fun girls like they seemed like they had a lot of fun yeah. i i do picture like every time her and her dancers are together i'm like every night night they went out together it was probably the uh the overprotected video where they're like sneaking out from the bodyguard like that's what i picture because it's, yeah. it's the same girls like, yeah totally i like britney and her little girl squad I, i'm all about it i love it um, and all her little gays all the little dancers <laughs> her out. there was a there was a little mexican gay hanging around her for this i, I, I know he, I he, like, he's like just say hola yeah hola. he kept saying that <laughs> um, but yeah it, you're you're right like she this isolation that she's in just because she's surrounded by a bunch of people like this she's still isolated because there is no world outside of her own world Mm -hmm. and imagine what that does to your headspace too like it literally puts you at the center of the universe and it's it's insane that we didn't get more diva behavior from her right that she wasn't like that all she wanted was a damn pop tart you know oh my god it's crazy and you know like I, I'm if, if I'm being completely honest with you, like even I've, I've watched this a million times and I'm still always looking for little moments of like Britney being a diva pop star because she has every yeah. right to be. She's every yeah. right to be. She's earned it at this point. It never happens. She's always mm-hmm. as sweet as a girl that you would see at the fucking Cracker Barrel. Right <laughs> and you, you know, know she, prob- she probably loves a Cracker Barrel dinner. She got, she sure. got can I get a four piece chicken, chicken strip dinner <laughs> yeah. with du- two sides of macaroni, please, ma'am? The way she ate that corn soup, I was like, pretty loves Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, there's something so down to earth and homey about her. And it's, it's crazy that because really, by this point in her life, she has been more under i mean she's yeah she's been under the public eye more than she's you know than she ever was not mm-hmm. um and it's like what does that do to a person because she's not a normal person just like right. psychologically she could never be in like like you and i right yeah um and i always think about that but then like we just don't see that you know like even when she was given that testimony back in june you know you hear her talking about and like kind of bragging on herself which i thought was pretty fucking cool anyway she's like yeah. i wasn't good i was great but yeah, even when yeah, she yeah. does that she almost sounds like insecure saying it like she yeah. almost doesn't even believe it about herself i don't know it's just yeah i think she could be like a mariah carey she could she could demand lounge couches to sit on for her interviews you know totally and she's just britney spears bopping around you know it's like there's a camera crew okay well yeah like you know like popping gum trying to make the camera the the, the interviewer 
be comfortable because yeah they're nervous like she's really that person yeah like even when they go and do that photo shoot right in the in the hotel oh. they're like they're like just oh. stay just stand by the window we don't have to get you there. and she's like no i'll go oh, yeah. you, want me to, you want me to dangle a little bit yeah <laughs> she's like throw a cord out there and i'll hang from it <laughs> that scene the photo uh, shoot scene is do you, what's your yeah. favorite scene of this documentary oh my gosh that's a lot that's a lot um i love any time fees on camera with her yeah. So I love when she's like walking into the room and she's like, extra sweet because I, I stirred it with my finger. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, a minute later, I see her stirring that damn tea with a spoon. Sophie, right. what, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to talk later, Fee. Um, favorite scene, though, I think would be probably the first day, just the entire time she's in her dressing room, kind of hanging out there, yeah. right? Because it's the most you get of her just like, they're there so long. Right. She can't just keep a mask on, right? She's just yeah. herself. And I like seeing that. What about you? Um, my favorite scene, I think, is when um when she's getting her she's getting her hair done by Manuela. Manuela. <laughs> Manuela. <laughs> <laughs> and uh they're talking about being in love and oh yes. Manuela's in love and Brittany's like, I want to be in love. And then she turns on uh she turns on Feeling Love mm-hmm. by Paula Cole, her favorite song. And she just like, it's just so cool. Like, it's just so. Doesn't it feel cool too? Yeah. Like, I, like, I don't wear makeup, but it makes me want to go and sit in front of my mirror and like do my <laughs> mascara and just kind of sway my hips a little bit. Right. And, totally. and, like, and like sing like a little bit breathy. Like, <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love when she when she like starts singing while yeah. she's getting her her uh, hair curled. Like that scene to me is just like it's like wow, that's what it would be like to hang out with Britney. Like that yeah. in a nutshell is like being in Britney's world. Absolutely, and you think about more like you know when they were in the thick of the tour, right? Or when they were maybe at the start of the tour, how much more energy she probably had and was probably joking around a little bit yeah. more and like they were probably like bouncing off the walls. Yeah. Um, that God, to have a camera in the room at that moment, that's what I want to see. I want to see Brit. like, I just want to be best friends with Britney Spears. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> that's all this documentary does is make me just want to be her friend. I, just I feel like I have, him. yeah, I feel like we have like kind of, an advantage because we're a couple gays you know yeah. like a straight's never going to be friends with britney spears but hey no. we have a we have there's potential one day for sure absolutely if I ever what it what is what was it if i ever need some gumbo <laughs> yeah. i feel like she'll give me the gumbo <laughs> and now we know that when she meets me and she's like are you gay yeah no huh okay are you gay? Would you would you like to listen to Blackout? <laughs> yeah <laughs> with some tea some sweet tea or something uh, um yeah and then i feel like i we should mention that. So this whole tour, we said that it revolves around um, it, the documentary revolves around the tour. Mm-hmm. But at this particular moment, she was facing a lot of really negative press in Mexico, and um, she had had this really ridiculous thing happen where she her car was being shook yeah. by paparazzi. And you know, I had just read in that Vanity Fair thing about how they were hiring a body double for her to leave. Um, and one random night they like were shaking her car and she gave a middle finger to the paparazzi mm-hmm. and the press in Mexico tried uh, to s- make it seem like she 
was giving the middle finger to all of Mexico. Like, why? Uh, So it was that, and then the press conference, they said she was being rude at the press conference. That was the same week, correct? Like, that was was within days of each other. So they were really like, use your fucking brains. Everybody knew that, like, she wasn't giving the middle finger to her fans and to Mexico, like... It was not a little eight-year-old girl shaking her car. (laughs) Right. And it just (laughs) makes you like about it, people. Totally. It's like so illogical to think that she would do that. Why? And also it's just like, wow, you guys really used to get like super, super excited when you felt like you had something tangible to beat her up for. Because usually everything they beat her up for was stuff that they knew they really technically shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Like her sexuality, her body whatever but it's like oh you did something you you flicked off every child in mexico why would she do that exactly it's just it was just this like constant smear campaign that she just like i don't understand how it was justified that she brought it on to herself like you look at like so after this documentary was over like my up next was like Britney off the rails. I know you've seen that mm-hmm. one sitting on YouTube. And yeah. they always talk about, like, they're they're always in there talking about, like, interviewing paparazzi and stuff like that. And they're always like, she does it to herself. You know, she loves it. She loves this attention. You know, mm-hmm. she wants us to do this. She wants us to say these things about her. It's like, come the fuck on, really? I know. And it's just the public, like, justifying this abuse of this yeah. woman for living, for living. All she owed anybody, all she owed you, me, anybody, was... I mean, nothing, obviously, but like a cool song and a cool music video. Like she didn't have to give us anything else. Mm-hmm. She didn't owe anybody anything, but like the entitlement of the world. Yeah, right. totally. That's the best way to put it. And it's like, if any, if there's anybody who loved it, it was like her team. Mm-hmm. It was the people who put her in this situation where she felt, they felt like that where she was made to feel like she needed to answer to everything. Like, her existence was this controversial thing you know what yeah. I mean her her body her voice everything was this major controversy when like you said she's just sort of like living do you know what um, one of my one of my what makes my blood boil more than anything in the in interviews and I guess there's other things like worse things to ask but when every interview fucking interviewer asks her like do you like your voice? Like, really? You oh know God. that's probably an insecurity of her. Why are you asking her things like that? Would you like to sing like Christina? I know. <laughs> are you fucking? I know. Right I know. Like, and if and you a, say no, you're a bitch. And if you say yeah. yes, then you like. And it's like, you're okay, admitting. well, let me talk about my insecurities really quick. Obviously, I would like to have a Britney, you know, a voice like whoever and whoever. Mm-hmm. But it's just. And like, ask Madonna that. I fucking dare you. You know what I mean? like ask madonna that in like 1996 you know what was interesting about madonna is like madonna was famous like at a later she was like closer to her 30s right when she like got really big yeah so she had more time to kind of like her brain was you know better developed and like britney spears was a young girl Mm -hmm. who was still trying to figure her own shit out meanwhile she's like i don't know how do you figure yourself out while trying to ignore what everybody's telling you you should be doing and should not be doing. It's almost like she's right. overprotected. I don't know. Yeah, there must be another way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so she she like has this controversy where she like flips off the cameras or whatever. And then this whole tour leads up to this moment. They're all the whole time talking about how excited they are that they have two shows left in, in Mexico. And um, 
it's raining. Yeah. And, you know, the big worry is like, are they going to be able to pull off the show? And you really get to see this like behind the scenes. I mean, just in general, even if this wasn't Britney, like it's just interesting to see how a big giant, you know, multi-million dollar production Mm -hmm. handles something like this and like what it looks like backstage. Um, It's very ghetto. (laughs) Very ghetto. (laughs) So fascinating though. Right? Yeah, the whole thing. It looks so, like, you know that this is like a giant production, like, sponsored by pepsi it's this big yeah. thing but it look everything looks so shoddy yeah i you know? mean you know when they're putting the stage together that looks shoddy too it's like yeah. i almost ex- I, and i know i i i know in my head in my 27 year old brain that like the stage is not made of marble but i i'm expecting <laughs> them to put something else out there and it's like this thin like a uh, top layer and these like metal poles underneath <laughs> and i'm like that is not for britney spears right that, that stage is gonna break like like it did under selena in the selena movie <laughs> <laughs> totally it's so sort of like and it's crazy because when you see it in you know from a production aspect like when you watch the dream within a dream tour like live from las vegas like it's gorgeous Mm -hmm. i mean it's literally beautiful but it's just um you know it's just funny but uh so yeah so it's raining and so britney is like and this is also incredible because this is like boss era Britney, right? Yeah. Like Britney is mm-hmm. like fucking calling the shots. Like yeah. she's telling everybody what to do. She's like round up the troops, let the dancers know I'm changing this. We're getting rid of that song. Let the fucking uh, yeah. wardrobe people know. Um, but yeah, they're like deciding what songs to remove. And it's funny because if you've seen Life from Las Vegas 80 billion times like Zach and I have. Of course. You know what songs require I know. I'm you almost, know? <laughs> I was almost, so I had a notebook m- taking my notes for this recording, but I mm-hmm. found myself almost writing down like which songs are out on B stage. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to cut this one. We're going to cut uh, uh, stronger. We go out there. We got to cut stronger. <laughs> I was like, well, you can't do lonely because of that lift up with the dancers. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Rearranging it in my own fucking mind. Yeah. Uh, but she's like, we can't do, but that's, and that's exactly what Brittany was doing. She's like, we can't do lonely and she's like we can't do i love rock and rock and roll because i'm on a harness up in the air on a platform um and before they had decided to like fully just cancel that show i was like wow i would be so pissed if i found out that like eight of the songs and like the biggest production numbers like got acts because it was raining i would be so devastated so upset because it's it was two nights correct it was two nights yeah. and imagine like fifty thousand people both nights and you were mm-hmm. you were the second group of fifty thousand people <laughs> like, right oh, all your shit cut um you went to this tour right yeah i did this is the first time i, I ever want to he- okay so i would like to hear just a little little story tom i want to hear like where you were sitting and what the experience was <laughs> yeah. seeing this show because I feel like this is like a holy grail yeah. show. Well, I actually there's a really funny story about this show that I've never told on the podcast and I thought about it the other day when you and I decided we were going to do this. So my mom and I went together. We had pretty decent seats, like we were pretty close. Um, and I know I'm going to tell you this because I know that you'll care. Brittany's extensions were like really long. It wasn't like sh- like shoulder knee. It was like back knee yeah so she's back knee um so her hair was like long as shit (laughs) and um you know she fucking killed it the whole show it was one of the shows where um o-town opened up for her okay so i don't i don't believe i got to see jada 
I think it was O-Town. That was this tour, right? Jada was... Jada was Onyx. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jada was Onyx. So, yeah, it was O-Town. And um, so the show was fucking incredible. Spellbound, I cried, my mom cried, the whole gig. And then at the encore, a lot, like most of the state or the stadium thought it was over. So really? a lot, a lot of people left and they were all going to their cars because she says bye. And then, you know, she introduces the dancers and the, the band or whatever. And, you know, everybody does that. And then they come back out. So we were going to go. Cause I was like, well, everybody's leaving. I guess it's over. And then we heard that like heartbeat before the waterfall for baby one more time. Yeah. And I, my, I like, have never violently grabbed my mom the way that I did that <laughs> night. I like choke slam my mom back down to the ground. I was like, we're not fucking going anywhere. Are you kidding? This isn't over. And because so many people went home, we got to, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say? We got to walk all no. the way down. No. <laughs> all the way down to like the, the like really expensive tickets like i would have been shaking i would have I been was like, like <laughs> this was meant to be i am where i should be yes um and my mom was like losing her shit obviously because of like the free good tickets you know yeah um and yeah and we watched the last part of it like right up against the b stage ah that's so great and you know it's like at that time we're like because i didn't start going to concerts until later i never one of my saddest moments is i've never i've never been to a britney spears concert we were always too poor um so I, I, never, <laughs> I never got to go to one um but uh when i started going to concerts you know i would watch them all on youtube first so i would know what you know what oh, right. the last song was going to be right but like yeah. you go and you're yeah. in there and you're like yeah. i guess the shit's fucking done damn britney <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was a, this was one out of five stars um right I'm like you, god damn it you like maybe inch away and you hear it you know and yeah I just picture little Troy running right up there. <laughs> oh my this god! Is, I'm like holding my holding my tour book and like a churro. Uh, like was running. the tour was the tour book good? So what was what's in the tour book? It was it was it pictures of the actual show? No, the tour book is actually um it's incredible. It's okay. the concept of it is very similar to. I'm gonna send you the pictures of it. I'm gonna send uh, you the photos because they're it's, it's gonna be really hard to explain them. But yeah. the concept of it is very similar to that photo shoot that she did. Um, yeah. It's like the black and white shoot where she's wearing like the slave bra with the arm piece mm-hmm. and like the denim with the waist belt or with okay. the belt, you know, like that big chunky white belt. Yeah. Um, it's just all these like mod podgy, like artsy, cool, artsy fartsy, cool photos. Yeah. Like it's really good. I've um, thought about buying it on eBay. I've just never, I want it if it has like pictures of the show and if it doesn't then i don't know why i'd get it um because the circus tour has pictures of the show in yeah. it. but so this tour book that's the one that they're all signing right like yearbooks yep. in this and this i love that too that they were all yeah. like signing yearbooks that was really cool i was like wait a minute that's the tour book i thought that was awesome yeah yeah um there cool. may be i'm sure that there are pictures there has to be pictures of the tour in the book I'm probably just not remembering them, but it's worth it. I promise you. What is it like 200, I think on eBay. I I don't even think that much. No, the, so the circus one was, uh, I got it for like 50 and I, 
I, I don't I don't believe it would be more than like a hundred. Um, I'm probably wrong, but whatever. Uh, you should get it. No, you should get it. Don't don't tempt me, Troy. Don't tempt <laughs> me. I just realized in 2020 I have my own adult money, and I've just been spending it like crazy ever since. Uh, and apparently, <laughs> no, you guys literally, as I'm looking at Zach right now, like behind him is an array uh, of beautiful Britney Spears dolls. I am collecting them. Yes, they're so good. You want to tell the people which ones you have? They are, uh, we're so off topic right now. I know, I know, um, I know. We, uh, so there are people on the Instagrams that uh, do like custom stuff. So like I have custom dolls and then custom oh outfits. God. Of, um, and they're not, they're not shit. accessorized yet. I have to put those up and fi- finish their hair. But I have one of uh, Slave for You VMA. I have the opening of this tour, the yeah. Dream Within a Dream tour. So good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> A, uh, a headless uh, <laughs> 2003 VMA. Oh my God. I'm just going to put them over here. And then there's a circus back there. I'll leave her over there. I've shown you that one before. But, yeah. um, and I have a few more in the mail. So I have uh, 2001 or 2000 VMA coming at some point. Um, but where, yeah, where were we? It was. It was- um, okay. So, no, I, this is what we knew was going to happen. It's, like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just like when I was growing up, I had like one Britney doll. But I was obsessed with them, and I wanted all of them, but I wasn't really allowed to have dolls. So, yeah. again, in 2020, I realized. I do whatever I want. I have a job. I make money. Yeah. Well, I think I want that. Yeah. And so, like, I just started buying all the stuff I want, and they're Britney dolls. <laughs> That's all I want. That's all I want in life. Like, now that I have money. I know. Um, but, no, so all that to say that yes. it is raining, and Britney does decide, instead of just cutting the songs, like, it's dangerous as fuck. And yeah. I can understand why the audience was upset because you don't know like what's going on and you're just excited and you're at, you know, it's Britney Spears and you're at her tour and it's major. Um, but it's like really, I mean, it's like, it looks like buckets of water are being poured on them. It's mm-hmm. raining. Yeah. So they decide to go home. They decide to leave the tour early and she gets booed off stage. Um, the crowd starts like chanting stuff at her. And I just think about like, how many of these moments, like, you know, because she's obviously somebody who just like brushes them off mm-hmm. and like looks for whatever is making her happy in that moment and doesn't focus on like all of this stuff. But like after years and years and years of brushing off how sad you are, yeah, like the long-term effects of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, we, me and my husband just went to Mexico uh, mid August to like late August. Um, That's where my husband is from. And so we went there and his aunt, I was so excited to talk to her because his aunt um, does pyro for big shows that come into Mexico city. So she did, and I asked her, I said, Hey, did you happen to do pyro for, there was a show that I, I was trying to describe the end of this documentary. I'm like, um, so like in 2002, <laughs> Britney Spears like came to Mexico for like two days and her eyes got so wide and she's like, I did it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, so she, did, she did pyro for it. And apparently they were all like all the people that they got from Mexico to like help and do this stuff. were all so pissed that they canceled the show. She was, she was like, um, I didn't have enough insurance for like canceling that show and it was, it was a big deal. And she says that her team pulled her um, too fast, but then, I mean, she also never like met Brittany or anything, right. but then in this documentary, she's like, Brittany's like calling the shots, right? We're like, we see her like making decisions. So I wonder 
um I mean, I guess the, the truth more lies with Britney. Like Britney was making, was calling shots and stuff, but it was like unsafe. It wasn't safe to be there and do that. Yeah. Um, and she and seemed I, tortured by it. Yeah. And I do believe that like, because she's probably, we already know she had a lot of anxiety, right? At this point. Right. Um, she was like being treated for anxiety and all of that. She probably had anxiety. She knew she was going to get bad, bad press from this. She also really wanted to go home. She's been saying it all day. I can't yep. wait to come home, mama. Can't wait to come home. Yeah. Um, See you in Jamie Lee just fucking <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Lynn's like lock the door mama I know seriously <laughs> get her credit cards um but she was just she probably knew the shit storm it was gonna cause yeah and like they'd already been talking about like you know this week in Mexico that she had you know she was apparently bad apple in Mexico and then she you know at the crossroads premiere you know there was a lot of controversy at that and so she's fucking tired of it but what else were they going to do? Were they going to put up money to do another show the next day? Probably not. Right. So everybody, like, I do believe what I've read is that they refunded the people who had tickets for that show. So I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry about, about it, but it wasn't safe. And, like, it was thundering. And, like, yeah. she was going to be on a plat- a metal platform that goes yeah. up in the air and mm-hmm. dangling from, like, metal poles. Like, it yeah. was literally so dangerous. It was so clearly not safe. And that show is like all, you know, it's like all theatrics. Like yeah. it's people doing double spins on the on a heel toe. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I I oh my god, and the dancing in this, like the dancing at this time. How insane. Can we talk, Can we talk about the dancing? Can we talk about it? Let's do that. Let's do okay. that. Okay. The the dancing, I'm gonna say something that is controversial. Okay. I believe that Britney never danced better than she did in this particular stage of her career. Yes. Do you agree yeah. with that? And I think she was working with all the right people. She like developed a, and she didn't develop like an original style, right? Like there was a lot of Janet influence in this, mm-hmm. but this was like, she like found a Britney Spears, the yes. performer. Like this was Britney Spears, the performer. And I know like, I know they're, like people fucking hate wade robson but her and wade robson working together there was a lot of magic that came out of that it was he did this tour he did this tour and he did a good job and he's a shit person we could say that but he did a good job on this tour they had the exact same sensibility the same Mm -hmm. taste they like interpreted music the same like they really were like spiritually connected in that way and I actually, I agree with you. I think that Britney did, there are certain things that Britney does when she's dancing, especially during this time, mm-hmm. that are so Britney. They're yeah. so, and even though you can tell that there is like a really have, like intense uh, Janet influence and you look at her and you're like, wow, this is a girl who like practiced dancing to Janet Jackson and like yeah. that's how she learned. Yeah. But there's just something about the way Britney moves her body Mm-hmm. And the way she walks, like the mm. way it's just, there's just certain things that it's like they're just so Britney. Let me just stop you on the walk for a second. We, <laughs> right. we saw that develop her slow walk, dragging oh. the tip of her toe, oh, land, don't you landing dare. on the foot. Like, do you ever catch yourself if I'm alone? Or, <laughs> you know what? With my. <laughs> I already know if you're I gonna have play. some Britney on. I might just walk a little something. <laughs> Oh, you know, when I'm on my way to my couch or like the way she would kind of 
do her hands just the yes oh yeah like, oh yeah oh the little yeah oh yeah i loved when she would point at her head and just oh like all of it all of it oh it's, my god and there's so good. the slow one that goes out to the crowd like that is yes. always really good too yes and she <laughs> had these little britney things that mm-hmm. she just developed and this was not even like her copying anybody this was her sort of stage performance this yeah. was however she i feel like because there's a lot that like went into making britney spears right she didn't do all that herself we can be right. honest about that there was a sure. lot of ha- hands making britney spears like the way she says her l's like somebody told her to do that she wasn't mm-hmm. doing that but then there's these things like the way she's kind of moving and some of the little things she does mm-hmm. that are just her and that just came out of her yeah there's oh god i have goosebumps when you mentioned that like the walk and the, the funny thing about the walk is that there's so many versions of it Mm. Oh, you know yeah. what i mean yeah there's... she's gotta go a little faster <laughs> yeah. you know taking her time she knows she's got like a couple beats to get over yes yeah there's the skip walk which is yeah. very iconic and then there's the straight up like that like you know 2000 like vma era like gallop yes okay and so also <laughs> I understand like this type of dancing. She was never going to be able to do it more than a couple more years after this. Like I remember right. I, I listened to like, uh, oh, I don't remember what podcast this was, but like Lance Bass went on a podcast and he was talking about how they would all do that sort of dancing at that time. And yeah. the toll it took on their bodies. Um, Cause that's like, you're an athlete. You're having to right. do that. And when you're doing that every single night, she did how many, I wrote it down. Um, she did. Uh, 69 of these shows, 69 times dancing like this, start to finish. Like that's a lot on your body. Yeah. It's a lot. And so it's no wonder she doesn't want to dance like that anymore. You know, her, her knees probably click when she goes down a little bit, like, yeah, totally. You think about it. And so, but the only note I would ever give her if I was choreographing anything, okay, to bring the walk back because she does this fast little shuffle now where she goes across the yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like her Princess Peach walk. It is, it is, and she's always. Like, <laughs> 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 uh, but I would, I would bring the slow walk back. I think yeah. it's so good, and it just that is. I would watch a two-hour show of her just going back and forth on the stage, <laughs> just like that, you know? <laughs> 1,000%. And I just also want to be clear that, like, it's not to say that, during, you know, in the following album cycle, I oh, mean, yeah. hello, yeah. like, yeah. you know, like, her live performances of Toxic, her live yeah. performances of Me Against the Music, she's dancing. I mean, I would say, like, stylistically, this is my favorite era of britney dancing mm-hmm. and like not even always like super fast and intense yeah but in the next album cycle during in the zone like she was like hardcore like it was yeah. like full like exertion like basically working out like yeah the, me against the music choreography is literally just hardcore cardio it's like yeah it's crazy and you just can't, ex- and I hate when, I, I don't like when people are like, oh, I want Britney to start. I hear a lot of people saying after this conservatorship's done and like she bring, puts out new music and stuff like that, that the, she's going to go back to dancing like she used to do. She's never going to do that again. No. She's never going to do this again. When I was in college, just side note, I was like trying to impress a boy. So I would work out constantly. I was always working out in college. Um, and I will never work out like that again because it like exhausts you. And you think yeah. about doing something like that again. And I didn't do it for very long. But like right. I got into like a summer of like working out like so intensely that it put me off of that kind of working out forever. Yeah. You think about her when she thinks about like dancing and like putting together a show, she probably gets into it at first. 
but then and there's like something that like I don't know so some sort of subconscious reminder that like oh I don't want to do that kind of dancing anymore I don't want to I don't want to do yeah. that you know totally like I agree with that and I think you know everybody has theories about um Britney's dance dance style and danceability changing and you and I have talked about it I actually yeah. think that your theory is like to date the most accurate Zach I I like one day literally asked Zach for like a full essay through DMs I was like can you like you can take this to the notes app and like really think about it and like write out your thoughts but like what's your opinion on Britney's dance I was having I was having a manic night that night anyway I was ready for the notes app (laughs) (laughs) I was very appreciative and I was like you're completely right like I mean, I'll let you explain it, but I think. Do you that, want me to? Go, I can pull it up. Really yeah, can I don't you even read know it? if I have it? Yeah. Um, talk about something while I, while okay. I look for it. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say that I think, like, I think that she, you know, your like, Britney's passion at that time, like, was so much a part of the whole gig and, like, her, her passion and, like, pure enjoyment for what she was doing um, showed through. And, like, you can't dance like that when you're under the, like, the restrictions that, she, I mean, yeah she hasn't been enjoying her life in so long like you're not going to go out on stage and give dream within a dream energy when you can't even fucking swipe your credit card exactly we have that performance documented live from las vegas we have like plenty of clips on youtube and stuff like that you have to just be okay with that we cannot demand 19 year old britney dancing from this 40 year old woman who's yeah who's trained like an athlete her whole life we can't expect that anymore and it's not fair to even put that out there and like in her comments and stuff like that. That's not okay. Right. I don't think. And I think a lot of people do that. So like beginning this sort of thing, you said, I don't remember what you said. You said something about like her team squeezing the last bit of like fairy dust out of her during circus. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my response was <laughs> my notes app. It's not too long either. Uh, I think they definitely squeezed the last bit of fa- uh, last bit out during circus, but I think they're not entirely to blame. I think she was very done and over being that kind of pop star, which is, very evident during the blackout era so first first original (laughs) the original doll era would have been the last era we'd seen any resemblance to the britney dancing we knew and loved like and do something she was clearly into it but the dancing went from like precision and excellence for dream within a dream and onyx you know um from the precision and excellence of the previous eras to her just having a blast and still being great like she was hitting it she was Mm -hmm. like every movement was just there was so much attitude and fun and all of that so by blackout she obviously knew how to be a shiny pop star but that wasn't her anymore she wanted to make cool shit and party like that was her uh that was her dancing how she would have at a club she didn't even you know want to tour that album so three uh the circus tour was very paint by numbers two stepping she showed precision <laughs> knew exactly <laughs> knew, knew exactly what to do and gave it the attitude needed but clearly did not care much to be there it looked like she learned a way to dance that wasn't so strenuous and good for her uh, but she clearly wasn't thrilled to be doing that tour that was a gimmick era she likely wouldn't have curated if she had had control and since then i feel like she's just done the i know the steps but i'm not going to give it much energy jansen until 2016 i'm sorry guys uh 2016 (laughs) when it seemed like she was kind of getting into dancing a little bit again like she messed up a lot and she looked nervous but she looked excited to be doing it like i Mm -hmm. love watching her um, american music awards performance i feel like she had such a great time putting that together yeah Um, 
And that's clearly because she was excited about the Glory Project, right? Like yeah. she was excited about that album. Like Britney Jean, she didn't give a fuck about Britney Jean. No, she, said, right. she said the same thing in every interview. It's the most personal album I've ever done. <laughs> you know, it's a term of endearment. Britney Jean, my mom says it. <laughs> when um, I get um in trouble, um, <laughs> but she didn't fucking care about that era. Um, and she, yeah, and then she was over it, and they put her back on the road after Piece of Me. So that's my whole like Britney dancing spiel. I think. By the time Circus came around, we got exactly what we kind of see now is her not moving her legs a whole lot and doing a lot more sort of mm-hmm. arm dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Circus is like the perfect, like, you know, it's a real, like, book, like a bookmark of yeah. previous Britney and the Britney that is to come. Um, it's like this perfect blend because you get like these little tinges of old Britney and depending on which circus show you watch, like yeah. she's like really fucking into it, especially if her hair is dark. Because yeah. there's something about dark about dark me that just hits different. And how fucking cool is it, right? I love. Yeah. I I would. I think if I ever did see a Brit- another Britney show, I'd hope for her hair would be dark. Yeah, because you'd be getting like the yeah. Maleficent version of Britney. <laughs> I love Britney. Oh my god, you're so right. Yes. <laughs> and it's when she has that little like in the copenhagen show or the paris show when she had the like little i don't even know what they're called finger waves or the waves oh yeah yeah, yeah. Hair, oh, yeah dark, dark wavy hair yeah i love seeing her in like the yellow tank top doing the toy soldier song yes like how fucking cool and you yes. know she she was just fucking cool at that moment she's yeah. just cool um and whenever she, i but, sorry i was gonna say whenever i think no, of that moment i just think of like mannequin like oh, the, mannequin mannequin's what i'm talking about yes yeah. right like where she's just like sunglasses on yes you know like oh yeah ugh. have you ever watched the uh the behind the scenes like tour video they did of her costume or whatever her costume room um i don't remember and the, they like pulled down this like little shelf of like glasses and stuff and they're like Brittany's so creative whenever <laughs> she wants to like put a pair of sunglasses on or a bow tie for tonight she does it <laughs> and it was all her idea <laughs> like they make her sound so corny <laughs> you know what britney is doing britney's like i have a two-hour show to do it's like getting on a treadmill she puts her damn hair up she puts it yeah. however she wants it and she goes on the treadmill for two hours you know for that sure is britney spears performing and that's okay with me <laughs> she's like popping gum while she's p- performing and like singing i know quotes. I don't um, and, and and who gives a fuck if she's gonna lip sync? I don't fucking care. Are you kidding? I do. Anybody care. that brings that up at this point, I'm like, girl, that you're nitpicking. really nitpicking. Okay? Come on, we I just hope she'll past that. Yeah, I hope she'll spit on me. That's all I hope when I Literally. do a Britney Spears show. It's like maybe a little sweat droplet. <laughs> yeah, just a, a little like like hair sweat fling on my uh, face would just be oh, but revitalize me. Yeah. Um. Well, we should end this by talking about, so earlier Zach mentioned that there's like, I personally, and if anybody watching this has the DVD of stages, like the original, um, you you know, feel free to let me know. But uh, in the YouTube version of this documentary, there's like the credits roll after she decides that she's not going to go out on stage. And then it like comes back on. And I don't know if this is bonus footage or if this was a part of the original movie. Um, I'm assuming it's not, but she's like in japan and uh, all of a sudden the last yeah. three days in mexico and now she's in japan yeah <laughs> and it's a whole different i mean it's the same documentary but it's a whole different vibe and it's yeah. really interesting to see how the japanese press treat her compared to how she was treated in america she was like on cloud nine in japan yeah 
And she she also seemed like it was probably earlier in the tour. She probably had a little bit more energy for all of this. Mm-hmm. She wasn't as tired and ready to be over it. Um, and then you pointed out to me, I didn't even notice this part, that she like totally admits <laughs> to lip syncing. She's like, they're like, are your little bracelets going to be too jangly to sing Not, not a Girl? And she's like, no, it's full playback. Full <laughs> playback. It's like, get it, Brandon. Somebody like tries to get in front of the camera. They're like, yeah. yeah how this, you doing? He like ducks his head into the camera. He's like, uh, they want to stop fucking filming. I don't think that you can use that footage. I know. Um, we also got to see Brittany at a buffet. I was ups- I was monitoring Random. her fucking pl- I was like, what is she eating? What are you gonna get, Brittany? What is she gonna get? <laughs> I saw Felicia be like, now that's the dressing for the salad. Now you put that dressing <laughs> on the salad. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it was uh it was really cool. I I liked the the Tokyo stuff. I loved like her little Barbie press conference and like uh, Brittany's just different in Japan. I have, I am obsessed with the Britney dolls. So I would like wish that Barbie would have like done a Britney doll because I feel like the face would have been a little bit better and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's weird that she was like partnering with Barbie, but she's like, I can't do anything with you because right. <laughs> my own doll already. Because I'm uh, constantly being endorsed by 90 fucking I know. companies. She, imagine the amount of companies she probably didn't even know she was being endorsed by. Oh my God. Yeah. Like her not being able to use her flip phone on camera because she's, but she was like, (laughs) she's like, there's a shot where she's on her fucking phone talking to her mama. And and then she has a water bottle. She's taking a sip out of, and it's all blurred out. And it's just like, she's like surrounded by this blurred cloud. It's like black mirror. It's so weird. It's so weird. Um, Can we just like, I don't want to like keep us going too long, but I do want to talk about her mom. Yes, please. Because. I don't know. There was a lot of a lot of Brittany and her mom stuff in here. She was like so excited to get back to her mom at the end of this. She was ready to like touch down in Kentwood and go to her mom's house. And they were going to, you know, her mom's probably going to cook something. Yeah. I don't know. And she gets that. Uh, she's really excited to see her and Jamie Lynn. Um, she gets the tacky ass ladder of success. <laughs> Brittany Jane. There are four letters, ladders to success. First step, follow your dreams. Oh, easy. It's, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> these are the steps to your sweet success. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the hell? It was like the tackiest, most like pageant mom shit I have ever and she seen. Didn't, she didn't even take that shit with her. She just got the picture in it. Just took yeah. the picture to like her dressing room. But she was like, <laughs> and it was like made of like jelly beans and shit. <laughs> It was made of jelly beans. It was to- it's totally like a Lynn gift. Like Lynn the pageant <laughs> mom, Southern Mississippi, of course. It is or Louisiana. Yeah. You know Lynn. Like, do you know what mums are? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Lynn fucking made mums. You know, she did that on the side for, for teenagers during prom season. <laughs> Brittany goes, I don't know what it is, but it's pretty. <laughs> she did. And it made her cry. And that, you did. know, that like, because when Britney's face like breaks, it always like gives me chills i i I just i i don't like seeing it um i know there's one interview in during the in the zone era where they uh, talk to her about her mom again Mm. and she like her face breaks again yeah and it's just like where were these people looking out for her she loved them so much with all of her heart she loved her family so much specifically jamie lynn and her mom like she just yeah like you're right this is the era of like 
if you were a Britney fan, and I've said this before, like you just sort of knew her orbit because it was always the same. And I mean, you you just knew like it was always uh, her mom. It was always Jamie Lynn. It was always Felicia, Larry, Big Mm -hmm. Rob, Mo. Yeah. And, and, And that's what this is. Like, that's what this documentary is. And, you know, it's just, it's so sad. It's heartbreaking to see how much she loves her her family yeah like it's really gut-wrenching like knowing now especially like because back then you weren't a fan of lynn right i think i've heard you say that right you weren't the biggest never liked lynn okay i was a very big fan of lynn even up until recently i was the type of person who uh, lynn just reminded me of of people i know right totally i always thought in my head i was the optimist i was like she loves her daughter she might just be in like a shitty spot too like um she is lynn is the person who does the right thing it may not always be the right thing but she thinks she's doing the right thing yeah and it just is a hard pill to swallow thinking that no it wasn't really like that it was and i think a lot of britney fans have come to that sort of reckoning with yeah. some people in her life because i was a jamie lynn fan for a long time too and it's Me like too. i was these, Steph, i love jamie lynn these I people are fucking shitty to her they 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 turned on a dime you know mm-hmm. And I always thought of Lyndon, like when I was a kid, I used to like wear cutoff shirts to like school. And I used to be like, well, just remember, if anybody says anything, Lynn always says that Britney's costumes are glamour. This is glamour. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like I used to like think about Lynn, like almost like she's my own sort of, you know, surrogate mom. And uh, yeah, it's just shitty how she, I mean, I guess she's kind of doing something right now. Trying maybe, I don't know. She just always, I just never understood, like, as somebody who was so far removed from, like, the my only connection to, like, a Southern stage mom was, like, on TV. So I I never, like, I never felt, like, that connection to her because she felt so foreign to me. And Mm -hmm. I always, I just never understood the logistics of it. I was always, like, why is she, Britney's always alone. Mm -hmm. She's always just with Fee. And yeah. I'd be like, is Felicia like her real mom? Like, even when I was younger, I was like, is there something that we don't know? Because if there's something that we don't know, just be honest about it and nobody will be upset. But like, what the fuck is going on? Like, absolutely. We, we never used to see her dad ever, ever. He did ever. not give a fuck about her unless she had Daytona tickets, you know, oh NASCAR. God. That's it. That's all she gave a fuck about. Or we, he gave a fuck about. The, the rare times you would hear, daddy. That was like really, truly like <laughs> every like few years you'd see her dad on something, but rarely. And I just, I never understood the limit of it all. I never understood like, it just always felt like she had nobody protecting her. She never had anybody. She didn't. You know? And looking at that through an adult lens is like, it, it, it's different because, you know, I knew those women. I knew the lens. Right. And they can trick you with yeah, yeah. that sort of like, it's just like the way she speaks and the way she like comes and like, I feel like she would come and touch me on my shoulder and like kind of rub my shoulder and come. Yeah, totally. Meanwhile, she's talking shit behind my back. Right. Totally. It's like, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, it's, and it's, yeah, that's a, that's a harder pill to swallow. Um, we're speaking of Jamie or James Spears. We're going to 
Troy and I go and raid his uh, storage unit before he can sell any of these like, <laughs> yeah. props and stuff. You've already called the the Dream Within a Dream Tour uh, music box. <laughs> yeah, I did. And Which, I'll be behind way, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be behind you with the key. I'll be like, I got the key because the show cannot go on. You <laughs> <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say Felicia with that goddamn key was so cute. The show can't go on without the key. I'll have a sign it. <laughs> hey boo yeah oh, i fucking love it <laughs> um well do you have any cl- i guess closing thoughts that anything you want to uh, say about stages or we, wanna, we didn't we didn't really open with the uh the netflix trailer do oh yeah do that? fuck we were going to talk about that yeah let's do it what are your are you excited are you nervous are you angry the feelings are all over the place from people yeah we talked about it yesterday you and i Mm -hmm. and i think i said i needed to like sit on it because i didn't really know how i felt because i'm glad it's being done like by britney stan right or that's at least what i've seen um but it just seems like i think i'm still where i was is that britney has already expressed that she wants to tell her own story Mm -hmm. and it seems like Netflix kind of rushed into it after the success of framing Britney Spears and just, it didn't matter who made it. And it Mm -hmm. was just as long as they got a Britney Spears documentary, they could have held out and she, they're, they're a big enough platform that she probably would have worked with them or somebody like them, like just fucking hold on, give her a second to get out of this. Because I think within a couple of years after her conservatorship, we're going to get the full story. Um, I, so I don't, I'm, I, I don't want to shit on it. A lot of people put work into it. So good, good for that. I'm definitely going to watch it. Of course. Yeah, of uh, course. For sure. I just, I want to see her tell her own story at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I would, I'm just, I just want to hear from Brittany. And mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people, I guess my, and I told you this yesterday, like I, there are a lot of people saying like, she's being exploited. This is, you know, it, this documentary is trying to exploit her and i'm like well we're all exploit. i mean we're exploiting her right now we are we are like we are exploiting her every single day we've been excuse me exploiting her every day since she was fucking born but really you know in the past year it's gotten like everybody's doing britney content there are podcasts and youtube channels and and you know i mean i can't even imagine like the books being written that we don't know about and yeah there's just everybody has their hands in this pot right now and i'm not saying that it's good but like it's just happening and i almost in my mind i was like this is the christina aguilera of britney documentaries because it came out second and because of that it looks more shady than the original one i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a benefit the benefit of the doubt like sam's guard came out and said like kind of shit on it a little bit you saw that right yeah yeah and so i'm assuming their kind of attitudes about it sort of align and i'm thinking she's not happy about it which is totally understandable i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna see kind of how they present things like an hour and 30 minutes um we'll see what kind of information's in there i feel icky about i mean but Uh, yeah, I just need to see what the kind of like how they kind of present it because um, they did say they're not going to use any 2007 footage, just very yeah. good because she's already expressed she doesn't want that. Um, and then Fee's going to be in it. Yeah, that was what made me really. I was like, okay, cool. Like maybe they'll actually. My hope, this is my hope, this is my genuine hope, is that yeah, they will right some of the wrongs. I think in the original in the Hulu mm-hmm. one because I think that there were so many missed opportunities in the Hulu documentary. There was so much. Um, 
information left out. We didn't get anything yeah. about Lou Taylor. Like mm-hmm. it just felt very like VH1 driven to me. Well, oh, absolutely. So for any like real Britney fan, they saw that as like a like a recap, kind of like at the beginning of like a new episode or something like that. It was yeah. almost like a recap of things we already knew about. Um, there was nothing in that that was like new to me. Um, and so hopefully there's like some new stuff. I don't know. But I guess yeah, because we'll I think see. we deserve to have. I've been saying this for a long time. Like it was so effective, and thank God. Yeah. Like oh my God, now everybody knows what's going on. But like we deserve a a, a deep cut. If we're gonna yeah. do this, we we should deserve to be able to talk about stuff that isn't like yeah. just so surface level. Like yeah. just assume that people have done their research now and like know these people, and you know. Yeah. Give us tour stories um, like that, like that woman who came out and talked about like them basically putting Britney on stage after she like walked off and didn't want to perform. Give us shit like that. That's, That's the that. shit. Give, give us that stuff. Or like, like the gays who got to listen to Blackout. <laughs> yes. Uh, give us yeah. that. Um, did you catch at the very end of the trailer them showing her, uh, her for the record, driving footage like she was in damn Fast of the Furious? <laughs> they have the music going. <laughs> I know. I was like, that's so random that they have the, the bonus footage <laughs> that didn't even make it into the documentary. Yeah. Um, well, Zach, this was like really, really fun. I could do this for yeah. 12 more hours. But we won't. But we won't. But we won't I, torture people. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on this. This is like a dream come true. I really am such a fan of Dunzo. And I got to talk about Britney Spears for an hour and a half. Like, there's <laughs> nothing better than that. My night has been made. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. I This was super, super fun. And I want you to tell people again where they can find your podcast. Because if you enjoyed this then and you like horror movies and you're going to love, you're going to love Zach's podcast next week. I guess so. Um, uh, YouTube.com slash AZB bonus features is where you can find the video of it. And if you want to go to listen to the podcast on Wednesday. Um, it'll be on all podcasting platforms at SlayerFest98. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Cool. Well, thank you, Zach. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.